Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Students, who doesn't love weekends? Full of selfies, snaps, chats, and whatever else you get up to. So fuel your passion for the weekend with a little help from Vodafone X. Switch today and get unlimited weekends and 20 gigs of 4G data for just 20 euro top-up. Plus 100 minutes of calls and unlimited tax. Now that's more fuel for more fun. Search Vodafone X now. For full terms, conditions and limitations, including our fair usage policy, see Vodafone.ie. You are now listening to The Reality Is. The Reality Is. No, I'm glad to. It's for minorities, but white people don't be scared. Asians, Hispanics, you want to come on the show, hit us up. I'll talk to anybody about everything. Like, these niggas is out here fucking these girls and putting it on porn, though. At 8 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday with a hard on, she gets up and she turns oh on the church and turns the thing on. I was thinking, oh, I'm going to get some head or something to start the thing on. Niggas are straight out here raw digging and choking on the God has his hand on you. Why you sitting there? Uh, that was pretty good, man. It just kind of came you on. You can't be squeamish when giving head. I mean, you got a dick in your mouth. Like, how much more gutter can you be? Big right? Like, like, big yeah. Period, point blank, just what it is. The reality is. Have you ever cheated on somebody? No. I have. Well, no. I, oh, I never wanted to cheat on anybody. Shit happens, right? I never did. <laughs> so, if we have a little bit more, you know, people who have a little bit more, then put, you have a little bit of time to get people who have a little bit less. Yeah. We get equal out the situation, and one day, you know, regardless of what the government does, we will have systems in place to take care of ourselves. Yeah. good this is anthony roberts host of the reality is where filter becomes extinct normally i give you guys a spiel about who sponsored me uh what's going on what we do we're not gonna do none of that today all we're gonna do is jump straight into the introduction of the homie the host of the mind over matter podcast king naj naji ellaby man how you doing today bro what's shaking man i'm doing splendid i can't really complain too much Bro, the one thing, first of all, you already know, bro. Like, I don't, I don't know if you have a nickname or a moniker for your voice, but I know I saw you on Twitter the other day, and you were saying everybody always talking about you having like a R and B voice, and I think I hit you up and I said, "Oh, Dunny Simpson, oh, Dunny Simpson ass nigga, man." <laughs> yeah, man, I think it shows that a lot, man. You know, the, the ladies definitely love it. Hey. You know, they like a, a nice, strong tone. Hey, hey, but you know the funny thing about that too, bro, is like the women are going to be the ones, if you hadn't already noticed it, once you start seeing your numbers and shit, bro, the women are the ones that are keeping us afloat. Because I know my shit, bro, it's over half of my shit is women. And it's crazy to think that half of my listeners are women when a lot of the shit that I say on it, a lot of people be like, oh, that's misogynistic. And it's like, no, I'm just really kind of giving you, letting you in behind the curtain on how niggas think. That's what you get in the day. Period. Exactly, and you know, women have always been the most supportive, especially in my life. Oh you know yeah. I'm like whenever I need something done, you know, it's time I go to a woman. Like I remember when I was first getting into podcasting, 
Well, maybe maybe like a few months after, you know what I'm saying? I was trying to, uh, I was looking for like a videographer. Yeah. And I had a dude, and he said he was gonna come through the studio, take my shows for me, and you know he never showed up at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, as soon as I asked one of my homegirls to do it, done. The whole Nani, they went up to New York with yeah. it. She jumped on it like that, and she been rocking with me ever since. You know what I'm saying? But a dude, you ask a nigga to do something, that shit will not get done. But you ask a woman to do it. They will definitely do it and do it correct. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying. That's exactly. The, that's the main part about it: doing the shit correct. Correct, doing it correctly and actually doing it like you actually care about it. Because a lot of times niggas will come in and they'll do shit for you, but it's like. If I've told you what I want and what I need, don't come in and half-ass that shit. If you're going to half-ass it, don't even come exactly. in and do it at all. But, you know. Exactly. That's why I hate niggas, man. I don't really like niggas too much. I be trying to stay away from them. Hey, I, hey, that's, hey, bro. But listen, that's why what we've been doing lately is so important. The way that me and you have clicked up with Jason and Richard and everybody else that we clicked up with, that's why I say this shit, this shit is going to be big, bro, because how many niggas in these day and time do you actually see moving together, not moving in an arrogant manner, and there's no egos involved? Like, that shit is imperative, man. Right. And, and the majority of it, it comes from a place of love. You know what I'm saying? It comes from a place of just wanting to see each other advance. I think in the age that we are now, you got a lot of people that support you in the beginning. And then as soon as you get start, you know, advancing and progressing, progressing a little bit, you know, that love goes away, that support goes away. You understand? And that comes from a place of jealousy. Yeah. So I think what we got, what we started, you know what I'm saying? The, yeah. the movement that we have going on right now. It's serious. It's out of pure love. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. No, that's respect. So with you, with you getting in the podcast, and I know me and Artesia made it down to your one-year anniversary for the podcast um, that you did. It was a lovely event, man. We appreciate you for having us there. But my question for all of these bros, like, what literally got you in the podcasting, though? What made you say, eh, I'm going to try my, did you want to do it? Was it just something you felt like you could do and have fun with it? Or you felt like, you know what, I may be good at this shit? Well, I've always had a passion for storytelling. Yeah. You understand? Like, storytelling has, has always been a passion of mine. Since I was a youngster, I always wanted to be a journalist. Yeah. I've always had passions for working for some type of sports news outlet to, to, to tell stories. And so I kind of realized, well, I wanted to be a, a print journalist, and I realized that that medium was kind of dying down a little bit. Yeah. So my, my goals and my, my dreams kind of shifted a little bit, and I just got into, like, communication so I was when I was in school I was doing a lot you know what I'm saying I was I was writing blogs I was doing videography I yeah. was doing a lot of shit when I was on the Virginia State and I didn't really know how to package it and this was about three years ago so this was going on like 2014 2013 yeah and it was just like at the time podcast really wasn't that high yeah I really wasn't even aware of podcasts back then so I didn't know how to kind of package all of my passion and what I truly wanted to do. Yeah. Because I, I know I just wanted to work in, in media and communications and and kind of produce and kind of tell stories. You know what I'm saying? I've always had a passion for that. Yeah. I just never knew how to, how to get into it all together. I mean, it took me a long time. It took me to 2016 to actually understand how I wanted to go about uh, putting my, my passion in. So, you know, and I've always talked my shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. People know me for always being strongly opinionated. I don't really care who agrees with me or disagrees with me. I don't care who's in the room, who's not in the room. I'm always talking my shit. Yeah. And that's why people appreciate me and love me because I'm not, I don't have no 
no no cut cards. You understand? Like yeah. if if I feel a certain way and there's something that needs to be said, I'm gonna say it. But I think that's where and I think that's something that's missing. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. I think that's honestly, I think that's a trait that all of us have. Most of the people that I've really reached out to and that have reached out to me about building this brand that we're calling the Roberts Media Group, everybody is outspoken. And I don't think from the from what I know, most of the people don't really give a fuck about what other people think about the opinions that they have. So I think that's a dope way to go into it. But I think one thing that I've learned from you and about you in the short period of time that I've known you is when I talked to Jason one time, he was telling me how you were serious about getting your interviewing, you know, technique and making it a little bit better and turning that shit on his head. And I got a first chance, you know, first glance to see you in New York. And I know, you know, while we were interviewing, uh, interviewing DJ Miss Milan and Michelle Hope, one thing I noticed about you is a lot of people have a piece of paper or they're reading shit off their phone. Like everything that you did, bro, you did off the dome or you did off the cuff. And that's, that's hard to do, bro. Yeah, see, I don't really like to... I never really like having, like, a structured interview. You yeah. understand? Yeah. Where it's a set questions here and there. Like, I hate that. Because, yeah. you know, I don't feel like you get to really get to the root of who the person is. Like, when I'm talking to somebody, yeah. I like to get to the, the root of the person. You understand? Like, we're going to talk some shit. We're going to have some fun. We're going to get to the root of who you actually are. Yeah. So I feel like me setting up questions and doing all that, that kind of takes away from that. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't do my research. Exactly. I definitely do my research on my guests, you understand? Like, I have to. I can't be too misinformed, you understand? But yeah. a lot of the shit I do is just, it's really off the dome. I yeah. mean, you got to be well-rounded, too. Oh, yeah, most definitely. That's another thing about podcasting. Like, people get into podcasting, you know, they lack wit, you understand? They're not witty enough. No. You know they ain't well-rounded. They, they don't, don't even, read, they don't understand that, their so. voice, and they don't even understand it. Like, not to be funny, you have to have some kind of presence. And if you don't have a presence, right, right. a presence and the inflections in your tone and in your voice, that's what that's what's going to draw people to your podcast. If you don't have that, you right. just gonna have motherfuckers just listening. It's no punchlines. And 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 another thing in black podcasting that I notice a lot is that everybody's looking for that fucking punchline. It's like that comedian who's not funny, so he literally hones in on that punchline. And if that punchline doesn't work, then you fucked. And that's what I hear is a lot of punchline podcasters who really don't do no homework, who really don't know what they doing, and half the shit they fucking saying, bro, that shit sound like some other shit that another nigga said. Be original, my niggas. Mm -hmm. Period. And that's the thing. People got in the podcast so they don't have to be original. Exactly. They think they can sit in front of a mic and just start talking. It's yeah. like, it's so much more besides that. Like, I, you don't have no idea how many people I get in my DMs asking me, yo, Nas, put me on the show. When you gonna put me on the show? Yeah. You've been on for a year, you still ain't put me on? Ooh, ooh. It's just like, like, what are you gonna contribute? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I just can't, I just can't put anybody on the show and just think y'all just gonna talk in front of a mic. Exactly. And people that I have put on, once they get in front of a mic, it's, they, they freeze up. up. They freeze the fuck up, bro. Bro, I, imagine what you're saying, though. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, imagine what you're saying. You know, you said somebody, you people been like, hey, man, you've been out a year, and you ain't put me on. Bro, I've been doing this shit like four or five years. I ain't put nobody on. Yeah, yeah, see, I can, I can only imagine the shit that you be going through, man. But I don't be having time for that. I don't carry a show myself, I'm going to do it just alone. You know what I'm saying? I don't need nobody just in the room just taking up space or yeah. not being able to know when to go in, when to be quiet. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. it's a structure to my show. It's a, it's a, a unstructured, structured stuff. 
You understand what I'm yeah. saying? If you're not in podcasting or you don't really study it or you don't even really listen to podcasting, you probably won't get it. See, me, I did my research before I even jumped into the game. So a lot of people that I that I listened to when I was first getting into podcasting, they don't listen to a lot of tax. Tax is definitely, uh, he served as a source of inspiration. Um, Combat Jack definitely served as a source of inspiration as well. Um, who else was I listening to? I like Premium Pete too. Premium Pete, he has a pretty good show. What podcast he is he? What, what is he on? He's on with Combat Jack. You said he on with Combat. Jack. You said he on with Combat Jack. He used to be. He used to be on Combat Jack show, and then he left, and he fenced it off and got his own show. And respect to Comeback Jack, man. Shout out to Comeback Jack. I know he's battling. Um, I yeah, just saw man. it the other day, stage four cancer, and I was like, shit, man. I didn't even know. Yeah, but, man. That cancer is a fucking beast, man. It is, I didn't bro. even know it was stage four. Yeah, man. it was stage, stage four. four. Yeah, bro. That's what I read. Unless, then, I mean, I didn't. I read it off something nah, online, nah. but yeah, that's how I found out about it. But I, it made sense though, because I had been looking for him, or you know, trying to hear from, like, hear new podcasts, but no content was coming out. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, that's different, because he always putting shit out like weekly. He was thorough always. with this shit. So, but man, with you, bro. So yeah. back to you, man. I know you did the one year podcast anniversary. How did it feel leading up to that point, bro? Because I know for me, when I did my first live show, first of all, it was I was nervous because I'm like, who gonna actually show up to this shit? Because I think we both know you have people who ride with you, and then you got people who ride for you. There's very few people who ride for right. you, then there's people who ride with you. So what was that like building right. up to that, man? And just you know, did you want to do this one year podcast anniversary, or did somebody else say, "Hey, you should celebrate the shit you've done"? Well, it was always in the back of my mind. I just, I just wasn't sure how I was going to celebrate. You yeah. know, so I didn't know if I wanted to do it on a, a large scale or a big scale. And shit, at the time, Duce wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I started planning for the live show maybe back in like August. I want to say. Yeah. And um. You know, I, I really just started building a relationship with the Duce people, like, in July. Like, yeah. this whole new partnership is new. You yeah. understand? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm coming in the game, like, a little green. You know what I'm saying? I never planned a live event before. Um, I never, I mean, I wrote sponsor. I mean, I, I wrote proposals before yeah. in grad school, but I never won of this type of magnitude, you know, dealing with a corporate brand like this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So... All this shit was kind of new, man. And I, I learned a lot from it. Um, I learned that people who, who like you said, you know what I'm saying, it's the difference between people that's going to ride with you and ride for you. Yeah. And um, that was definitely opened a lot. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they like to say, you know, I see you, bro. I like your movement. Ooh, ooh, but they don't really mean that. They don't mean that. Niggas come up to you in the street. Man, I love what you're doing, man. Keep it up. Nigga, you don't love what I'm doing. You hate me. You, you hate. You don't appreciate literally, what I'm doing. Literally, nigga, that's what it is, bro. Literally. <laughs> I be hating that shit, man. Don't even come to me and say that, man. We never had words for each other. Now you gonna come up here and say some shit like that? Yeah. Just wait, so, though. People just want to be in the moment. They nah, want. They want. That, that's people. and that's the thing, though. They want to be in the moment. They want to be a part of a movement. And the funny thing about it, bro, is I tell a lot of people with like with everything that I've done with the podcast, a lot of people be like, "Oh man, you moving and shaking now, man. You must got that bread." And I'm like, "Nigga, I'm still out here eating hand to mouth like the rest of y'all motherfuckers." I'm sorry that I'm making the shit look good and look easy, but the shit don't be easy, bro. And I don't think a lot of times they it think don't. about that. It don't be easy. Now, this is what I, I heard you say something. You said grad school. Where did you go to school at? Where did you go to college at? So, 
for undergrad, I went to Virginia State University okay. in Petersburg, Virginia. And in the dirt, the dirty, dirty South, man. I was one of my... <laughs> I, don't, I, I really... Reg- I'm not going to say I regret going there because I met some amazing people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One of my... Some of my best friends are from college. But um, just the whole area of just going down there, man. I mean, when I went down there for orientation, I'm seeing Confederate flags. Oh, shit. Now, from a young nigga that's coming from D.C., yeah, I've never seen a Confederate flag in my life, not up close and personal. Yeah. But once we cross that, it's a certain pass point that you cross on 95. 95 is like the highway. Yeah. Like, once you cross that certain path, you're in a whole different area of Virginia because you got Northern Virginia, which is like where the Pentagon is. Yeah. Not too far from D.C. You got that part of the... And that's, that's a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah. From D.C. And then you got another part of Virginia. It's like once you cross that that path, it's just like it's a whole group of different people right there. They, yeah. Their whole ideology is different. Yeah. They just... They just think different, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. there's not too many of us down there. No. And I noticed that, you understand? Like, that was one of my, it was an eye-opening experience. It taught me a lot about racism, taught me a lot about prejudice. Um, and, and and just experiencing that, I think that kind of led to me starting a podcast, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, we experienced, my group of friends, we experienced a lot of shit down there. I know I almost got put out of school. Three times, and see that's what I was gonna like, ask you. Years. And that's what like, I was gonna say. To put me what is it like though? I mean, from I coming was. from coming from DC, bro, where it's like it's it's we always talk about this, bro. It's Black Love, it's Chocolate City. Like, what was it like for you? Like, what was the culture shock for you going from DC and then experiencing I mean, racism the and shit shut like that? Down, the city shuts down at, at fucking three o'clock in the afternoon on Sundays. Like, there's no buses going. Like, restaurants are shut down. Yeah. Um, the city is so fucking small. It's just like it's one of them hip towns. It's like everybody kind of know each other. Yeah, I've never even heard of Petersburg before in my yeah. life. Yeah. So just going down there, just experiencing how much of a small town it was, I was just like, I can't wait till Friday so I can go home. Now, luckily, it was only two hours away from DC. Yeah. So you know, I, I was always able to you know get back to DC when I needed to, but it was just like. I hated it down there. If it wasn't for my friends that kind of kept me sane and, yeah. and kind of kept everything on the straight and narrow. You would have left a long fucking time ago. Insane, man. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't see a lot of black... The only black people in Petersburg is the black people that go to Virginia State University. Yeah. Other than that, there are no black people down there. So it's just like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm in a city where I'm not the majority anymore. Did it? Did, did, I mean, I, and, that's, with, that's it, out. and that's what I was just about to ask you. With that being the case, bro, was it some kind of fear? And I don't mean like fear, like scared of white people. Because, and the reason I say that is because I'll be honest. I'll give you an example. When all of that shit popped off, like uh, when all this race wars and all that shit popped off, like Obama's last year, I was working for this company mm-hmm. where I was always in like the northern part of Dallas, which is the ritzy area here in Dallas. And I remember like pulling up to a stop sign and shit and be and every white person I saw like I looked them motherfuckers in the eye I watched them because it got to a point where it was like people white folks and cops are able to kill black folks so easily in the streets I started being like I'm not gonna just be you know 
overlook you like I'm looking every one of you motherfuckers in the eye because I need to see this shit coming that kind of fear is what I'm talking about not like truly fearing a white person because I don't fear nobody but I definitely don't fear white people definitely not a fear of a person but you know a fear of an environment exactly you gotta gotta tread definitely how you moving um you really don't even want to go out at a certain time of night you know what I'm saying because they knew from Thursday to Saturday that we was gonna be out yeah. we was gonna be out partying so put them on more heightened alert yeah. you know what I'm saying so they already looking for a reason to to stop some trouble they're looking at the slightest thing yeah. and that's what I was talking about at my live show it's just like it gets the over policing sometimes you know what I'm saying like yeah. I may be going 20 miles an hour the speed limit may be 30 so you may pull me over and you may say oh why am I going so slow you're going 10 miles under the speed limit yeah. and it's just like they start checking you for certain shit and it's shit that you may not even never been pulled over for now all of a sudden you're sitting in the car 10, 15 minutes you motherfuckers telling you hold on stay tight yeah. <laughs> you know what that means you oh know? yeah they trying to damn <laughs> motherfuckers know what that means yeah. you know what I'm saying so it's just like it's simple shit like that you just wanna you're like, man, how can I avoid this shit? But, I mean, can't. It's, uh, that's what I was about to say, bro. It's, it's unavoidable. Black but see, that's the thing, too, man. I, I think it's funny being black sometimes because you can tell these same stories to white people or even some other black people who maybe grew up in a different demographic, and people still feel like, oh, it's 2017. This shit ain't happening. And it's like, motherfucker, have you not turned the TV on? Now, being black, sometimes yeah. I just want to clock out and check out of being black because... A lot, bro. Being black is tough, man. On a daily basis, being black is tough with mm-hmm. with white people, and being black is tough with just your own fucking people, bro. Because you may not. Yeah. I was just talking to uh, somebody the other day, and I was telling them how being light skinned and it was funny how me and you addressed light skin, and you were saying Jay Z was light skinned to you um, when we were talking yeah. in New York, and it's like for me, like I just see Jay Z as a dark skinned nigga. I don't see him as light skinned but it's so funny because light dark skinned people or just black people as a whole, when it comes to mixed race kids or mixed race babies or light-skinned people like we always want to try to put them somewhere meaning if you're a light-skinned dude well you are pretty you you're caramel complected or track what they say brown paper bag <laughs> or like what Charlemagne say a waffle color nigga <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's like with light-skinned people bro it's like if they if they cling more to the white side of their family and then it's like black people will be like, oh, okay, you, you know, you don't fuck with us. We'll go back with them. But if it's a light skinned person that clings to the black side, we want to tell them they're not black enough either. So it's kind of like, what? How do you fit in being a? Uh, did you get jokes made about you being a light skinned guy growing up and shit? Because as we both know, the black demographic can be rough on a motherfucker. Yeah, and I think that's something that we we gotta stop doing too, because we kind of aid that, and that's that's the sense of. Uh, that's another form of, you know, trying to divide us. And, yep. and I don't want to go as far as calling it genocide, but it, it definitely creates a lot of animosity in the community. Yeah. I remember I had this conversation on Twitter, and I got attacked uh, a few weeks, well, about a month ago. Yeah. Um, we was talking, some woman on Twitter, what she tweeted? She said some shit like, doctors women have to go all out just to feel beautiful. And some other shit, she was like, doctors and women, uh, have it the worst in America. And I said, bullshit. And so I got a lot of, you know, a lot of the bitter women coming at me in my mentions saying that I don't know shit. Yeah. But here's the thing. I may look like a my skin, but my mother's a dark skinned woman. Yeah. I was raised by my mother. Yeah. I realized that I, my mother walked, I was with my mother for the majority of my life. Like I, 
she kind of put me alongside with her as she was doing everything. So yeah. she exposed me to a lot that the normal kid wouldn't have seen. And so I know my mother personally didn't have to do anything extra to get a job or to feel beautiful, yeah. to know herself for I know my mother didn't have to do that. Yeah. So they were saying, oh, you can't say that. First of all, you're a man in your life, and you don't have to go through what we go through. It's just like, and I think we have to stop comparing struggles. Yeah. We do do that a lot. We, 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 yeah, we do that yeah, a lot. We, Who we got it worse? Struggles and yeah. it's like, you can't do that. You understand? Like, I've, I've seen it firsthand. So how can you tell me that I'm not, I haven't experienced it? Yeah. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it with my mother work. She my mother worked hard as hell yeah. to make a way for us. So yeah. I know how it is. Like, yeah. And I don't think it's because she's dark-skinned. I think that's just how it was in D.C. in the 90s period. Yeah. But see, you, but it could be de- it could be demographic too, from a perspective of like here in Texas, I've heard that same thing where people feel like women of color, especially darker skinned women, have it rougher. And I know that they would probably say that here because it goes from just dating. Like I know in high school, like niggas that was my skin color and people who don't know what I look like, I'm a dark skinned guy. So it's like when it was a dark skinned woman. Like, not to be funny, niggas preferred a light-skinned girl or a white girl or a Hispanic girl. But not to be funny, being a dark-skinned guy, everybody prefers you. Now, you got, you know, you had that Wesley Snipes period and that Shamar Moore period where it was like, you know, light-skinned guys was in, the dark-skinned guys was in. But it's like, if you're speaking right now, guys, period, have it easier. And I can say, just from perspective of talking to some of the guys here, demographic-wise, a lot of them niggas don't really shoot for dark-skinned women. They don't, bro. So a lot of them, when they say that, that argument, they have, yeah, they have a fair argument, but I think the thing to keep in mind is demographic. And if you're dealing with Twitter, then not to be funny, I don't know if you knew the person on Twitter, but it also, like I said, it just based I didn't on demographic. Know it all. I okay, giving my opinion. Yeah. yeah, and see that could be the thing. She may not have been from DC or from that area, because I know for me, bro, one thing I've done, I've been on, on, I've been on wax saying it several times, where I'm like, black girls are not as uh, sexual. Um, as white women or other, you know, other types of women. And I said this years ago, and I remember one girl from Brooklyn hit me up and she was like, well, what kind of black girls you fucking with? Because we get down out here. And I was like, you know what? Immediately, I thought, you know what? It's a demographic thing because in the South, a lot of them are taught not to touch themselves, not to masturbate, not to do this, not to do that, no sucking dick, save your pussy till marriage. And it's like in New York, motherfuckers is fucking all the time for just for the fuck of it, bro. So, it's, you know, sometimes it's just that different upbringing, bro, for real. Like, not to be funny, when we was interviewing Michelle Hope, bro, she, like, she's so, she's such an open book, and a lot of women down here not like that, bro. They gonna try and talk in a professional manner. Even if you talking about dick and pussy, they, they won't let them, they will not utter those words, bro, because they worried about what people gonna, be, uh, how they gonna view them, or what they're gonna think about them. Like, I'm gonna be myself around you 
conversation the other day we always say we got haters and then well not not us but you know you have haters on one end of the spectrum right. and then you have the people that the haters are hating on but it's so crazy how the haters don't really realize they are the ones hating like a, it's a shitty like you got a lot of shitty niggas out here posting shit on Instagram and girls posting that shit on Instagram and social like about ain't shit niggas and ain't shit bitches and side bitches yeah. and it's like you have side bitches and ain't shit niggas posting that so who's the wrong person in this day and time why is it so fucking hard to identify niggas who are the haters you know what I'm saying on the opposite end of the spectrum yeah, nah, nobody I, wants to be a shitty I, I, person I, I, even yeah. a shitty person I, it all goes back to social media man like like we were saying up in New York man it's like it's a social media can be very dangerous sometimes yeah. you have so many people just trying to portray something that they not, and there's no way of finding out because it's behind a computer screen. Yeah. So the only way you will find out is when you see them in person. Yeah. And then you be like, oh, okay, I get it. Your kid, you understand? Like your dickhead. We already <laughs> we, we can establish now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's real. You know what I'm saying? But behind social media, man, it allows you to be whoever you want to be. Yeah. So you can tell a, a, a fucking amazing story behind social media. But I think what a lot of people feel is human interaction. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's time to really interact with people and hold a conversation. We don't know how to do that that's no more. You really find out what it's about. And I think I think that's why I thrive so much in, in life period because I've never really... That was really big on social media. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm heavy in it now because I have to be, but... To promote the podcast, that, most I'm definitely. I'm not really big on social media. You know, I, I, I like picking up a phone and having a conversation with people. Yeah. Like, I feel like you may be lying to me. I don't even really like texting that much. Yeah. Because I feel like you may be lying over text, you know what I'm saying? At least over the phone or in person, I can see how you are. I can get your vibe. You can gauge. Well, you know yeah. I'm like, okay. Bro. Over text and social media, so much shit can get misconstrued. Bro, that's why. That's why so many niggas is win. Bro, that goes back to you know how we were talking about in the studio in New York. We were talking about how niggas, you know, you you disagree with me on one part, saying that you feel like it's easy for men to get pussy. Period. Even with you know if they got some money, but it's at a point where like we right. talked about, niggas don't gotta have money because you know why texting and social media allows niggas to say things and move a certain way or paint themselves in a different type of picture, even though that's not that type of nigga. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm pretty smooth. I feel like I got a golden mouthpiece. But nigga, I say some of my best shit during text. Text message? Nigga, I could text, boy, I have a motherfucker taking off their panties before they even got over here. That's what text messaging can do. Yeah, that's how it, that's, that's the power of that shit, man. You understand? And, and also, you see a chick that you want, you ain't even gotta wait to go get her. You can hop in them DMs right then and there. Hop in and, and get right into, into it if you need to. Yes, bro. You can hop in them DMs, you can have her flying out. Oh yeah, it's easy. It's easy. Where you? It's it's so easy. But bro, I I think when it comes to like, I think when it comes to the uh, the perspective of like texting, a lot of times. uh, But this is what I say too. Even with text messages, bro, it still takes women. And I just had this debate with a homegirl the other day. It still takes women to allow niggas to do the shit that they doing to these women, bro. Now, that's 
and I and I and I asked one day, I said, with all this Harvey Weinstein and Russell Simmons, everybody getting caught for sexual harassment and pulling their dick out and shit, bro, you got to be careful. But at the same time, with all this shit going on, even text messaging and, and all of this other shit, when do we start holding women accountable for that shit, bro? Because it's all niggas that you hear about. When do you start holding women accountable for not telling that nigga to put his dick up or getting on your knees and sucking a nigga dick even though he didn't put his hand and force you to do the shit? Now, some people going to listen to this and they not going to like it, but that's real shit. I only see niggas crumbling, and these are alleged stories from 20 to 25 years ago. How the fuck do we know who's what? And that's what I was saying. That's why I asked you, son. I was like, how the fuck can you wait 30, 40 years to come out about something? And people always try to give an excuse. Oh well, they feel comfortable now. Um, when they, somebody, when you, when they tried to tell, nobody was listening. That just sounds like a lot of bullshit to me. I'm gonna be quite honest. Me with you. too. You know I'm, I'm on the same boat. Trying to be sensitive to the shit, but it, it, it don't resonate with me. It, it just doesn't. No matter how much you slice it up, it don't. If a girl, if a girl, if I was 12 years old and somebody's mother at 30 raped me or coerced me to take my clothes off even if I didn't know what the fuck was going on at 12 if I feel uncomfortable I'm pretty sure I would have told my mom or somebody but definitely at 17 18 when I realized that the shit wasn't right I would it would have probably been five or six years but 25 30 years that nigga ain't even the same person no more Exactly, that's a whole different person. Yeah, the way, yeah. Between five and ten years. Nigga, the way I was moving back when I was like 23, 24, bro, I would fuck eight bitches in a week. Now I ain't fucking eight bitches. I don't need my dick that dirty. I'm a different dude. But if you talk about a nigga at 24, yes, I'm that motherfucker. I'm not that same person. So are you telling me that I can't become a better person? I will always be the same person. So I'm getting prosecuted for shit that I should have been prosecuted for years ago. Nah, that's why even, that's why even legal. Legal laws of the land have a statute of limitations, bro. But then another thing is you also got to watch these women who are lying. So a lot of things can be consensual, but yeah. then you may want to decide to break it off, and a woman, she can't handle that. Exactly. So then she decides she wants to do something to kind of fuck up your life. Yes. And man. I think that's the situation that, that Zeke is going through right now. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, the proof is already in the pudding for Zeke. I mean, the text message shows Zeke wanted to break it off. Thought he wasn't with her. Yeah. So she decided, okay, what what can I do to fuck up this man's career? What can I do to fuck this and shit up? And it costs a lot of money. And you got to be careful moving with women because you got a lot of spiteful women yes. in society nowadays. Yes. They're so selfish, they only think about themselves. Yeah. So you got to really go through a vetting process when you pass and swing and all that. Cause yeah. I'm telling you, sometimes it's really just good to masturbate sometimes, man. That's not <laughs> what you thought you made. Most needed. definitely. You get that off yourself and hey, keep it moving. That's true, bro. You have to have a headache. Hey, I, I, I literally felt like the other night I wanted to move differently, and I had to go in out there and knock out two back to back. I'm sure, I'm sure the little man was like, "God damn, nigga!" But I was like, "Hey, yeah. I, I gotta move differently. I can't let this shit go down like this, bro. Everybody ain't gonna be yeah, good to. You. Everybody not gonna be good to you, bro. Everybody not gonna be good to exactly. you. Exactly. You gotta watch how these women move. And, and a lot of, a lot of women are actually. Man, and I'm not even gonna. I don't want to speak to. I don't want to incriminate anybody. It's just like I work out a lot. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I, I have a slight physique. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk too much shit. But I have a slight physique. <laughs> and it's just like when I wear certain shit at work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like women will actually come on me and just stop feeling. Me, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like oh yeah. But they think because I'm a man and I'm a young man. You, you like, want that shit. That's acceptable. Yeah. I'm feeding his ego. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, 
lot of that shit don't be warranted. No. I, don't, I don't be asking for that energy. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm coming to work just on the run, on some regular shit. But you know what's so Come funny? Get the job, let him be out. But the funny part about it is. When you think about it in your mind right now, this is where the reality is gets real, bro. In your heart of hearts, in your mind, we could go to a woman. A woman may want sex because they always say they want sex just as much as us, but you can't come to no woman and be like, hey, let me get that box. Like, even if you're talking about just eating the box, like, they probably gonna be so offended, but if you look somewhat okay and, a, and you a girl that's coming over offering to get a nigga dick suck, niggas gonna contemplate and not say yes. And I'm like, this bitch want to suck my dick? Like, we, it's, it's it, like girls are turning that shit down because they don't want to be seen a certain way. Niggas gonna be like, bitch, uh, get my dicks? Hell yeah. Ain't nothing better than a, like they say, nothing better than pussy, but new pussy. Same thing with getting a blowjob, bro. That initial, no yeah, that initial mouth coming over the penis is like, oh yeah, now let me see what she's working with. Mm-hmm. Bro, we always want to know what's better. We always, we always want to know what's next. Like, that's niggas. We made it. We made the same, but we're also made different, bro. So. Yeah, it's it's still a better option. Oh you yeah, understand? like that's 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 a, a struggle that we deal with as a society. Yep, I'm not even gonna say it in black men. That's oh, that's period. Society. Oh yeah, most definitely. We always may think, yeah, she may be the one, but it may be another one that's better. Than her. That's the thing, like, bro. And that's what I think, but a lot of and women too. Women, women think the same shit. But niggas don't know how to be real about that shit, bro. Like I'm 35 years old, I be 36. A lot of people always ask me about me and Artesia, and they be like, "Well, y'all been y'all talking five, six years and shit. What y'all gonna do?" And it's like, "Well, shit, if I'm not ready for that, and she's not pressing me for that, and she's saying that she doesn't want that, why the fuck I'm supposed to go up and sign my name?" I was looking at a live video of uh, Charlemagne and them. They were doing the brilliant, brilliant idiots, and they were recording it on um, Instagram Live, and it was one. On there, where Charlemagne was like, I got friends that are 35 and 40 years old still talking about getting married. He's like, I'm married and I'm 36. Why are you wanting to get married at 40 years old? I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but clearly, if you got mother, name how many people you know that are married and they're happily married. Most niggas who are married saying, don't get married, don't fucking have kids. So why, if you're single, why the fuck we gonna rush and get married and have kids when niggas who are already doing it in a uh, look alike happily marriage? The niggas telling you not to even do the shit, bro. Well, I see both sides of it. You Me know what too. I'm saying? Because the first image of marriage that I saw was my grandparents. Yeah. And shit, they've been married for damn near almost 40 years. If it ain't been 40 years. Yeah. So I, I definitely see that spectrum. But as I continue to get older and continue to, to, to talk to uh, my uncles and, you know, people that are, are married and or just getting married. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's a struggle, but it's just like... Make sure that's the one. But, and, because but, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it's not the one, and you feel like you made a mistake, that shit will eat every night. It'll eat you every night. And I think that's you the thing for me, bro. Know. Like, how the fuck do you even know? And some people always tell me, they be like, oh, when you know, you're going to know. Nigga, it's been several times where I thought I knew and I went to sleep and woke up and I was like, nah, nigga, I'm bullshitting. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Like, it's, it's a struggle. It's, yeah. it's tough, man. It's definitely tough. I mean, even relationships. How you know that's the one that you want to settle down exactly with? Exactly. And call that your girl. Yeah. That's tough, bro. It's tough. And it's I, tough. And I don't know if there's a right way to go about it. You, I mean... I, yeah, that shit is confusing, man. Yeah, that's and some people and some people think it's just easy. You, it's not. It's not at all. It's not at all. Especially when you have, when you don't have experience. Yeah, that's why I always tell people, man, go through a whole phase, be a hoe, be a slut, get gutted out. You know what I'm saying? But in the process, find yourself too. Because Most if you don't definitely. find yourself, you don't know what 
you like and what you don't like. Exactly. How you think you're going to be ready for a relationship? My nigga, I told somebody that. I think when I was 25, I was dating this girl. I was 25. She was 20... I think she was 21, 22. And I remember at, at some point, I told her, I, said, I think we had been together at that time maybe two years, and I remember telling her, I said, it's great right now. You love me. You care about me. That shit is all good. But I said, at some point, a light is going to switch in your head because I was her first. I said, a light is going to switch in your head, and you're going to want something different, and you're going to want to try something different. And you may want to come back, but you're going to want to try something different, which was a whole phase. And sure enough, bro, she ended up leaving me for somebody else. It's like the shit hurt, but at the same time, I had already spoken into existence because most people is very few people who meet somebody 18, 19, 20, and they stay married or stay with them the rest of their lives. And if they do, they still fuck around yeah, with other people. No, nah, this ain't the fucking 60. Back in the 60s, if, if a nigga had a truck and a job, you give him the pussy and you marry the nigga and you give him kids and you make cornbread and pies right. and sit that shit in the window. <laughs> this ain't that America no more, my nigga. That shit is long gone. <laughs> that shit is long gone, bro. Uh, so I know a lot of times I, I just yeah, as a, shit is tricky, man. It's tricky, man. It, it, it's tricky. I mean, we, we all have hopes and aspirations of, you know, finding that one person that, yeah. we, that we can be with and be settled down with. And it sounds good. And, you know, for a lot of people, they're experiencing it. They're experiencing happiness with it. You know, some people, like my, I had a partner tell me this one time. He was like, man, I was in the process of, of and I, I hate to say it, you know what I'm saying, but I was just running through women. Yeah. And it was just like, I was watching him and his relationship, and I was just like, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want what y'all got. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, if I know that it feels good, just coming home to somebody, got your dinner ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all sit and just talk about y'all day. But for me, that shit wasn't working. But you, you know, but, but like you know what though? But you see how you said that? How it looks nice? But you know what? I'm not saying him particularly, but imagine the other guys who are sitting on the other side of that saying, "Damn, you get to fuck multiple girls and get your dick sucked by multiple girls and come home when you want to and wake up when you want to." Bro, he probably looking and saying, "Shit, I missed that or I want that or I never got to live that life." So yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. I mean, yeah. shit, we look up to them; they look up to us. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the rappers and the ball players, or like I heard a pre, I heard a pastor say one time. He was like, "Do you ever notice how, like, if a fly, if it's a hot summer day and a fly gets into an air conditioning car, he may be trying to get in there, but when he gets in there, we trying to kill it or swat it, and he probably like, let me get the fuck out of here." And while the other one on the outside mm-hmm. looking, saying, "Damn, he's inside that cool car." You know, he ain't getting hit on the window or no shit like that. When that motherfucker come out, the other one coming in. It's a revolving door, bro, because it's it, sometimes you ain't going to learn about shit until you actually get the lesson. You got to go through the shit to get the lesson. Sometimes you can see other people doing all of this shit and hitting their head up against the wall, but we still got to walk. We still got to fly into that window until motherfuckers smack us around, life smack us around a little bit, and we learn. But like yeah. you said, we got to go through these things to figure out what the fuck we want. And I know right now today that marriage and kids... That shit is 50 50 for me, man. Straight up. It's 50 50? It's 50 50. Yeah, bro, it's 50 50. And you know why the reason being is? Because the way the world is set up right now, bro, most people. Back in the day, I feel like people was getting married for love. Well, you know, historically, people used to get married for allegiances and to build wealth. And then something happened, and it was like, oh, fuck wealth. We want to marry somebody for love because, you know, you had kings giving their daughters off to princes that they didn't want to marry. And now... Families matching up people. Exactly. But now it got to a point where it was like, hey, I want to I love and be with somebody that I care about. Well, now it's kind of getting back to that point where people are talking about gold diggers and shit. No, motherfucker. It's going back to the hierarchy of the way it 
it was set up for people to marry people with wealth so they can have wealthy children, wealthy lives, and so on and so forth. That shit is getting back to that now, bro. You got niggas marrying girls who got money so they ain't got to take care of them, bro. Yeah, nah, that's real. But see, me, I, I can't do that because I'm a hustler, so I don't, I don't need me too. Yep. Take care of me. Yep. My mother raised me to be self-sufficient and yep. independent. So, I mean, I, I've always had hustles up my sleeve. I've never been broke. If I was, I found a way to get it. You found a way so, to get it. Yeah. Me personally, I gotta be around somebody I can actually endure. Yeah. And that's kind of why I stopped being a hoe. Yeah. Because it was just like. I roll over the next morning and it's like, I don't even want to be near you. Yeah. You know not even the next morning. After I nut, I don't want to be near you. My nigga, that's the worst feeling. And if you're not an ain't shit ass nigga or a shitty ass type of dude, you're not going to kick them out, bro. You're going to let them leave. Right, you're right. going to let them leave when they want to leave. But even though you may be gritting right, your teeth the whole right. fucking time, you're just not going to do them like that. But if you was a trash ass nigga, right. you would be like, all right, hey, I'm about to go to bed. You leaving? Yeah, see, I can't do that. Me neither, bro. I can't bro. do that. I, I, got, I got a little bit of respect, so I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just like, you sitting, you lying down next to me. Damn, fuck she gonna say she leaving. You Hell know yeah. what I'm saying? But it's like, yeah. she not. Yeah, she not going nowhere, bro. Because how many girls want to be? You know I, I was watching this. Uh, it was a video on. I don't know if you saw it. It was on Instagram the other day, and it, it was these two black dudes. And I don't know if it was just them making a video because a lot of times niggas make videos and the shit ain't really real. They just know it's funny, so they create a video for likes. But it was this one guy. I don't know what part of the country he was in, and his homeboy was videotaping him as he was wiping the window, like getting snow off the windshield. And the dude was like, "Hey, boy." What you doing? He talking about some shit. This girl just came over. I fucked her, and I asked her when she was leaving, and she said in the morning. He said, uh, "Like hell, you ain't." <laughs> he was like, he got out there, he's he shoveling snow out of the driveway, he cleaning the ice off her window, off the front window and the back window, because he like, hey. That's how we are, bro. Sometimes you already know what it is. You've been texting a girl all week. She's talking about giving you head. You saying some of your nastiest, best shit. And when she get over there, she want to yeah. talk. And you like, I don't want to fucking talk. I just want you to suck my dick like you said on Tuesday. And when you suck this motherfucker, maybe yeah. chill out a little bit and then roll out. I didn't feel like using my hand tonight. I wanted a mouth. But I don't need you staying the whole night. That's real, oh, bro. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a fact. That's man. true. And girls that's be doing the same shit. Mine. Girls the same way, bro. They do. They definitely do. You ain't got to tell me to leave because once I get what I came for, I'm out of there. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, you ain't. I can read time. Hell I yeah. I know what shit is. My, my lot of motherfuckers. It's just like talking to somebody who talks too much and you're talking to them and you know you got to go somewhere and they be like, hey, did I catch you at a bad time? And you be like, yeah, I'm about to get ready to get up out of here. And yeah, the motherfucker yeah, still like talk for 10 minutes and you're like, damn, nigga, I just told you I got to get the fuck up out of here. So... <laughs> But niggas don't be hearing that. I want to talk man, to you a little no bit. Matter where you grow up at, man, shit be the same. Shit be the same. Shit the same. That's the way it is, man. So before we wrap it up, I wanted to get a few more questions and figure out how you feel. So first of all, how do you feel about being sponsored um, by uh, Duce? And then I want you to talk about what has been like kind of connecting and vibing people, vibing with people like Republican Company, because you got one year, bro. And the reason I told you I was proud of you in New York and being 25 and doing this shit, bro, I've been doing this four years. And some of the shit that I did or that you're doing, it didn't happen to me for the second year, the third year, some of it the fourth year. So I'm proud of you first off. But how is it? How does it feel for you, bro, in the first year to have all this success, man? Um, It feels good, but it's just like. I'm not, I can't really get too caught up on it because I got a lot of other shit that I want to accomplish. Most definitely. And I've been told that I kind of, I need to like stop ha- having that feeling yeah. and, and embrace it more. Yeah, I've heard it's that like, too. I feel like I can't. 
You know what I'm saying? I feel like I got to keep putting in the work. Yep. And you don't want to get too comfortable. have just one good moment. Yep. One good moment, ain't, it ain't going to last forever. You know what I'm saying? It's just a moment. I got to keep putting in the work so I can have multiple moments like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So when I put together Mount Over Mount Alive, it was definitely a great feeling. You know what I'm saying? Everybody that believed in me and saw the vision that I had yeah. from a year ago. And, and even Duce, you know what I'm saying? Like, granted, we have a young relationship, but a relationship nonetheless. And it's just like, they automatically bought in to my vision, multiple meetings with them, you know what I'm saying? Um, multiple going to events just to show my face, just yeah. to let them know, like, yeah, I'm not just trying to just use y'all, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. I'm trying to build a genuine partnership. And I think that's something that kind of gets misconstrued when you're in business, the lack of building a general uh, great foundation of a, of a relationship. Yeah. Like, people are so caught up on trying to use people just for personal gain. Exactly. And this is like, no, nah, that's not how it is. So that kind of transitions into my, your next question about, you know, getting up with Jason and Rich and, and getting up with you later on. Yeah. Um, the relationship that, that I built with Jason and Rich from a public company is, is crazy, man. Um, I, had a, I remember I saw these Martin cards and these, uh, they had like the um, Ain't Pan the Five hat. Yeah. Ain't Pan the Five hat. I saw them on IG. I was like, damn, that's kind of, you know, creative. Yeah. I ain't never seen nobody that, that <laughs> kind of showed love to Martin like that. Because Martin is, that's a staple in black culture. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, not you ain't watched Martin. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? If you ain't never watched Martin, you know what I'm saying? Can you really say you black? Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, I, that goes back so, to Black Card Revolt, another black game where it's like, nigga, you got to get your car, your black card taken. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So when I saw what they was doing, I was like, man, and I was still fresh in the game. Granted, this was, had to be like, I, I interviewed them back in January of 2017. Yeah. So this had to be maybe like my fifth or sixth show. And, um,. I mean, they fed right into it. I told them how I wanted to approach the interview, what I wanted to talk about, and they were they were with it, man. They they appreciated me for having them on. I mean, because at the time they wasn't as big as they were big, but they wasn't as big as they are now. Now, yeah. So I just gotta thank them for you know giving me the opportunity to interview them. You know what I'm saying? And we just constantly just stayed in touch with each other. Um, I always told them that whatever they had going on. I would love to be a part of. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We just kept that constant communication going. They can tell it came from a genuine place. Oh, most definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like, people can, they can tell when, when it's authentic and when it's not. Yeah, because I told you. everything that I was doing, everything I was building in D.C. was authentic. And yeah. they just took a kind to me, man, and just kind of blossomed from there. Yeah, and it, it's, it's the same way that uh, me and Jason connected, literally the same exact way, and that's why when he told me about you, I was like, you know what, if he vouching for him, then he must be a pretty good, a pretty cool dude, but it also goes back to what you were saying, a lot of people don't want to put in the work to build these relationships, and I know me coming to D.C. Right. along with Artesia, like, we knew that we didn't have a place in, you know, doing the event, like, we were strictly there for moral support of Jason, and just to see how it went, Plus, we were fresh off doing the Martin trivia here, and we get ready to go to Chicago to do the Martin trivia there. But it's like we traveled to D.C. Like, that was really all about showing Jason, hey, you know, 
Y'all ain't paying us We ain't paying y'all We literally building A partnership together And I'm here to support What y'all are doing I fuck with what you're doing And then The bonus of it Like I said Was meeting you And then meeting you And understanding that You know what It is more good niggas Out there Like myself Like Jason You know what I'm saying Especially for me Coming off a year Where I lost a lot of guy friends I lost a lot of rapports That I had built with people So to, to, to have you guys Enter into my life Into my business Into what we're doing Bro, you can't help but be excited. And I'm always excited. I'm excited as a straight woman hanging out with a gay guy. Like what they call him, a Judy or whatever. Like meeting good, meeting good homeboys, bro. Like that's the kind of elation that I get when I meet real niggas who really on the grind. And really like we literally all have our egos subdued to where we ain't stepping on nobody else's toes. We ain't trying to be the biggest dick in the room. Like that shit is so fucking refreshing to come across other young black men who just out here trying to get it and put each other on, bro. Period. you man I appreciate you because it was like after just talking to you about coming under Robert's Media Group like we didn't really do much talking and that's the good thing I I like about all of us because you could just look at a motherfucker's body of work and then if somebody else vouches for you that's legit you like okay I'm in then so it's like building this whole Robert's Media Group platform like I'm excited about all of you guys being on board I'm excited about all the other podcasts I'm excited about Tenderoni out of Miami I'm excited about Mind Over Matter out of DC which is hosted by you and the Gray Area podcast out of Chicago and New York and the Sports Life Talk podcast here bro it's so much shit going on and it's just the beginning like literally and we all touching different angles so you get a little bit of everything everything bro that's why I say I, I'm excited, man. But uh, let people know where they can find you at and where they can listen to the podcast at. Yeah, man. So if you search, uh, if you go on the Apple's iTunes podcast app, just search Mind Over Matter. Um, you can find us on there. You can find us on SoundCloud. Um, we're also on Stitcher. We're on Blog Talk Radio. Yes, sir. Um, if you want to find my personal IG or Twitter, is at King Nods, K-I-N-G. NAJ, um, that's for Twitter and IG. Um, you can also follow the Mind Over Matter Twitter page. I got to find somebody to run that for me. <laughs> that shit is crazy, bro. Love. Hell yeah, that shit is crazy, bro. I believe me, yeah, I need somebody to run all my shit. Yeah, we, we, we definitely want to know. It's time, man. <laughs> like, man, I, I can't run three, three accounts myself. That shit is crazy, so, bro. Like if it's a young podcast, a male, female, black, white, blue, what would you tell them? If they wanted to get in the podcasting game, what would be one or two tips you would give them to be successful or to make it to their first year like you did? The first thing I would say is never be scared to talk your shit. 
know what I'm saying? A lot of people are going to try and keep you sensitive or say, oh, you shouldn't say that, or why did you say that, or do you think that was the right thing to say? Like, always be scared. Never be scared to talk to shit. Always be yourself, because that's what people are going to appreciate. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They can they can sniff out the bullshit. They can sniff out when you're holding things back in. You know what I'm saying? And that goes back to the live show. You know what I'm saying? We It was a moment in the show where, you know, there was a bit of a disagreement with my guests and I, and people was like, oh, oh yeah. damn, Nas, I ain't really expect you to do that. And it's just like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, just because who he is, I'm just not, I'm not going to be a sucker. Yeah. I didn't disrespect him, but no, we you didn't. two men, so yeah. we agreed to disagree. Exactly. That's but that's a, lo- that's a lost and art, though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We wasn't arguing. It was just two men that agreed to disagree. And when you got two men in the room that feel strongly about certain shit, top testosterone level will get a little bit high. Get high. But that wasn't the basis of the show. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. still had a good conversation nonetheless. It's just, you can't really be scared to not challenge certain people just because of their stature. Like, Most definitely. That's just not how it works. That's, that's not how I operate. Nope. I'm going to always be open and I'm going to challenge people. So that's what I would recommend if anybody's trying to get in the pocket. Most definitely. And you can't be, man. I'm the same way, man. A lot of people tried to censor me when I first started. That's really why I left um, our heart radio at University of Texas in Arlington um, when I was doing it there at the at the college because we started talking. I think one of the first episodes that the higher ups at the university spoke about was when we did interracial dating. And when we talked about interracial dating, I actually brought in a white woman because I'm like, I really didn't want to talk about white women and a white woman is not present. So. You know, when you start doing that kind of shit or having those kind of conversations in the higher ups or is is a closed minded person, not even a white person, just a closed minded person. Those are the type of people that's going to shut your shit down. And that's what I think about podcasting. And I think a lot of people should respect the avenue of podcasting a lot more. Like it's a lot of trash ass podcasts out there and you need to stop the shit. Cancel your shit. Cancel your subscription. Stop telling people to stop. Stop telling motherfuckers to listen to your shit and all that, bro, because a lot of this shit out here is trash. And everybody don't want to just hear your opinion. Bring somebody else on, have an opinion, and don't come in that bitch in uh, the podcast with us and ums. Make sure your quality is legit and have your shit together, man. It's disrespectful, bro. It's yeah, kind of it's kind of like it coming. Goes into a lot, man. It, it, people don't understand it. I'm telling, it's like it's kind of like to me. It's like coming into a Prince concert. You ain't got a Prince T-shirt on. You ain't got no white boots on. You ain't got the slight curl. You ain't got no purple. You ain't got no gold. You ain't, ain't wearing nothing. Yeah, you ain't doing shit. You going to a Prince concert and you ain't doing shit nigga get out of here get out of here man I tell people all the time man you gotta respect the podcasting game you gotta respect the community man but for real man for me man I just wanna say bro I'm glad you on uh, Robert's Media Group I'm glad you on Blog Talk Radio I'm glad to even have a nigga like you under us and work and this is not even under us Jason you Kevin Serge uh, we working together, bro. That's how I've always moved. I don't want nobody to feel like, hey, I'm the man up here and y'all. No, nah, man. We all here together. We all helping each other out in the podcast. And Robert's Media Group won't be successful without y'all. And it hasn't been successful without y'all. So let's just get let's let's get to the business at hand. Let's move this shit around. Let's take over DC. Let's take over Chicago. Let's finish taking over Dallas. And let's keep doing what the fuck we doing, bro. Straight up. Tell, matter of fact, tell, that, tell your moms I said hello to, man. I didn't get to talk to her long, but you know what I'm saying? Tell her I said hello. You know, tell her I'm proud yeah, of you, mom, and I know she's proud of she you. She always held me down, man. Hey, I'm the same way. Like I told you, bro, we wouldn't be shit without women, and we, especially black women, we wouldn't be nowhere that we are yeah. right now today without them, bro. Period. 
But I'm glad. Thanks for coming on. Thank you again, bro. Yeah. This is definitely a great partnership, man. I'm very excited what we got planned. Yes, sir. I can't wait to link up, man. It's coming. Back up again, real soon. It's coming, man. It's coming. We're gonna do the. uh, We're gonna definitely do the Martin trivia here in Dallas again in January. So, like I said, once I get the dates, I'll let you know if you need to come out here. Like I already told you, bro. You got a place to stay, so you ain't got to worry about that part of it. So, yeah, we'll definitely keep you going, man. With you being under the umbrella now. Like I told you, we'll be sending out emails for the events that are coming up throughout the year. And whichever ones you want to make, you know, you let us know and we'll, share. we'll be linking up once we get there. That's a bet, man. That sounds good. Appreciate it, bro. Not a problem, man. I thank you guys for listening, man. We want to thank Najee Ellaby for coming on Mind Over Matter Podcast. Check it out. He drops a new episode every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. I am your host, Anthony Roberts. The reality is you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Anchor, Snapchat. Some of this shit I really don't use anymore. But if you want to keep up with all things the reality is, go to www.therealityis.com. That's T-H-A, therealityis.com to buy t-shirts, hats, mugs, keep up with what's going on with the podcast, the new podcast that are rolling out. And also, if you want to be on the podcast, you can email us at info at therealityis.com and let us know what's going on, man. We'd love to have you for the new year. We got a new studio that we're going to be having y'all motherfuckers in because I'm tired of you motherfuckers Frank coming in this bitch not taking your shoes off and after the podcast y'all niggas are staying around for 30 minutes so now we're gonna have a studio so when that shit is done we all fucking done man again thanks Naj for coming on to the podcast I appreciate your family no question bro all right right, as I always say man inhale courage to excel success y'all be blessed Shoots ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Sweating in bed keeping you up at night? Whoa, get your mind out of the gutter. This isn't that kind of commercial. You need the cooling power of Purple, the mattress that is. It's comfort reinvented thanks to the Purple Grid. It allows air to flow through, so you sleep cool and comfortable all night long. And it flexes and cushions no matter what position you sleep in. Hmm, maybe it is that kind of commercial. Anyway, save up to $400 on select Purple mattresses and bedding bundles. Get yours at purple.com slash sleep in. Terms apply.